it was just a lot of disappointment. You know, obviously you get to that point, you want to win, you fall short. Um, it's, it's motivation. Um, just learn that you got to keep working. You know, that's what it, that's what it come down to. I, I felt like it was a hard-fought game. We just fell short. You know, they played better than what we did that day. So, if anything, it's a learning learning lesson that, you know, when you get to that to that point, you, you got to give that much more effort. So, you know, that, that's that's about it. You're listening to Beck QL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from Beck QL. Welcome back, Beck QL Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Tuesday as we get ready for Super Bowl 56. And joining us right now on the Roma Guest Line, Jubasanis of FanDuel number five, the voice we just heard there was Aaron Donald playing us in. Talking about the last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl and they're back here on Sunday. Four-point number on FanDuel. The Rams are the favorite. Jim, excited to have you. Welcome back to the show. We got a lot to hit on here. Um, before we dive into anything about the game and, and props, any of those things, has your thoughts on the matchup changed at all here? Have you, have you started to lean one way or the other over the last week? It's, it's always weird with the Super Bowl because you might have an initial feeling, and it's like, man, the more you think about it for a week or so, you might change it. Has your mind changed on which side you like in this game? No, I think that for me, with where the market's currently at, it's a pretty easy stay away from me, which is boring because Super Bowl, you kind of want action everywhere you can get it. Uh, but my numbers said this at 4.2 in favor of Los Angeles. So it's at four right now. I think I need to see some pretty drastic movement, which we're probably not going to see at this point in order to actually buy back into this market. So I think for me, it's a stay away. So I've tried to think more about the matchups in relation to what they do to prop betting and trying to decipher things that way. And I think if I'm thinking about this matchup, the way these two teams mesh, I've I've started to get a bit worried that maybe the Rams go more run heavy than I initially anticipated. And I think that's kind of the one thing that's like shifted for me as I thought more about this game is maybe the Rams go a bit more run heavy because I have been pretty off of Cam Akers um, and was or have a lot of interest in unders on him. But the more I thought about it, the more I think maybe they go more run heavy than I thought they would. But that's kind of been the one key change for me is maybe viewing the Rams as being more conservative offensively than I thought they may be initially. Well, Jim, they, that may sound a little boring on the surface, but not for us, not for our audience. It's the one time of the year when, oh, you don't like the side or total, who gives a damn? Because we have hundreds and hundreds of other ways to bet this thing. So the the Acres one is fascinating that, that you bring that one up because that is one of the player props that has moved the most some of the pros move that number way down. So they were initially agreeing with you on acres under. So what is making you uh, change your mind on that? Well, I just think about the way, you know, you see a lot of numbers floating around, a lot of numbers about how Matthew Stafford in a very, very small sample has struggled against, you know, soft pass rushes. So rushing three guys dropping eight, which is the same kind of attack we saw the Bengals use versus the Chiefs. And if you're watching that game, you're like, why aren't the Chiefs running more? And I'm not sure why they didn't do that, but I'm sure Sean McVay saw the same tape, and he's saying, okay, the Bengals might drop eight here versus Matthew Stafford uh, because he's good against the Blitz. They may try to force him into some mistakes and coverage. Let's run the ball more. That's my concern here. I am still okay taking Akers unders because I think his role is not great right now, and like his rushing yardage prop – up 65 and a half. I think that's too high. Um, like, I think that's too high. His rushing plus receiving number, I like more. It's at 83 and a half. I like the under on that one even more. It's minus 114 because of the combination of two things where, A, I don't think his role is that good. 
B, maybe they won't be run heavy. And C, we saw Sonny Michelle come in on third downs consistently during that, uh, that, that conference championship game before Akers got hurt, before he hurt his shoulder. Michelle was in there a lot on third downs. So you've got multiple paths to that bet cashing. So I still have a lot of confidence in that number specifically. Akers under 83.5 rushing plus receiving. But just like that thought process of maybe the Bengals – play very conservative defense, which forces the Rams to kind of take what's given to them. That's what gave me some pause. I do still like acres unders, but that's the reason why I had some hesitancy in my level of confidence in those bets. I'm curious your thoughts on T Higgins props. Um, you know, if you think the Rams are going to win this game, um, I looked at, you know, how do the Bengals play when they lose? And usually Higgins has some big games when the Bengals lose, um, so I'm curious, his receiving yards is at 68 and a half. Would you take the over on that? I think that it's an interesting number because Higgins gets a lot of deep work and that gives you, again, like I like having paths, uh, to overs or paths to my bets working. I think you got a multiple, a couple paths there because he can get good volume, like just disregarding downfield work. He can get good volume and get you over 69 and a half. Uh, but he can also get some downfield work and get there in a couple chunk gains. Personally, I think that number is pretty efficient, so I'm not going to be betting it myself. But I think that the thought process here with the Bengals receivers specifically is what did Ramsey do with Jalen Ramsey? Because throughout the entire year, they didn't have him shadow very much. I think it was maybe one game the entire regular season. Then when they faced the Bucks, they had him face, you know, travel with Mike Evans. You're looking at this matchup here, and the two things the Rams could do, or three things they could do, is have Ramsey continue to play the slot, which is what he did a lot during the regular season. They could have him play strictly outside on one side, getting either Higgins or Chase, or they could have him follow Chase. I think that if you go with the narrative that they have him follow Chase, then Higgins is enticing. That's why I'm probably not going to be into Chase overs here. Uh, but I think there there are some some things to think about there. If you have a strong feel for what the Rams may do with Ramsey, that may be a path to getting in on some T. Higgins overs then. Jim Sonis joining us, number fire FanDuel. Jim, one of the um, specials that I noticed on FanDuel that is intriguing to me, I saw it last week, it's, it's still there and uh, just kind of like sticking out to me. So – it's an Evan McPherson to have eight total kicking points and Joe Burrow to have 15 plus rushing yards. It's plus 250 on FanDuel. Take me through your thoughts on Burrow. He ran against the Chiefs. He got over that number. He hasn't gotten over it in a, you know, a ton this season, but against a pass rush as good as the Rams, he might have to be on the move. What do you think of that prop? McPherson, eight plus points. That feels doable. And then Burrow, 15 plus rushing yards. Yeah, I think that the I don't study a lot of kicker props personally, so like I, I don't have a strong opinion on that one. But talking about uh, Joe Burrow rushing, I think in general I tend to look towards rushing yardage props over for quarterbacks this time of year because they're not as worried about conserving themselves. We saw with Josh Allen during the uh, the divisional round; they will be more aggressive. We've seen this with Joe Burrow in college. You know, he was pretty aggressive. He was willing to run more in the higher leverage games. So I would not be shocked if he ran more like as a default. He did run a bit more against the Chiefs, like you said, and he could be under duress given this Rams pass rush. So I think if I'm looking at those two props separately, I do think that Burrow rushing yardage prop is interesting. I'm not sure I will get there personally because 12 and a half, that's not like 
you know, one scramble. You're needing a couple potentially to get there. Cause you're not busting off like a 13 yard run on one single go. So I think that I would be afraid of taking the over there, despite the fact I typically do skew towards overs on rushing yardage props in the playoffs for quarterbacks due to the fact they don't need to concern themselves, especially given this is the final game of the year. Uh, but with the kicker props, I just want to have a struggle. Uh, I have not uh, studied it enough, but uh, McPherson, not a guy I want to bet against. I'll put it that way. Uh, Jim, share with us a uh, favorite prop. C- could be anything. Game prop, player prop that you have not mentioned so far. My favorite one by a wide, wide, wide margin is the Joe Mixon anytime touchdown prop. It's plus 110 over at FanDuel Sportsbook. He has 44% of the team's uh, red zone carries or touches in the full games he has played so far this year. During the playoffs, that number has increased to 48%. So they have always been Mixon heavy inside the red zone. They have been more Mixon heavy inside the red zone during the playoffs. Of course, Samaje P. Ryan did have that long touchdown against the Chiefs, but for the most part, it has been Joe Mixon's show when they've gotten in close. The team total right now for the Bengals is 22. So we're expecting two and a half or so touchdowns for this team. And Nixon's probably going to score, you know, a good chunk of those. So I think to me, the math works that well, plus 110. I think he scored an 11 out of 18 full games he played this year. He didn't score in a partial game. Don't count back because it was not part of my sample set. Um, but 11 of 18 games, 61%. He's plus 110. I know part of this is because they're the underdogs here, so not expected to score as much. But I think that Nixon, given the way he's utilized in the red zone, given the usage he's had in general in these higher leverage games, I think plus 110 is, is a good chunk away from where it should be. Curious your thoughts on Odell Beckham Jr. We've seen him get a lot more involved. I was thinking maybe a lot of the focus um, from the Bengals is going to be on Cooper Cup, maybe creating more opportunities for OBJ to have a big game. Would Do you like the over um, 63 and a half or a OBJ anytime touchdown? Anything you would like with OBJ? So I took the under on him at 64 and a half uh, when that was still available, in part because his, the yardage has not been the 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 bright spot, I would say, for Odell. Like his overall target share is very good. It's 24% during the playoffs. And I think that's the most relevant sample here because they've, it seems anecdotally to use them more as you alluded to in the playoffs. So I think that's the right sample to look at. 24% is a good number for a target share, but he doesn't get a ton of deep work. It's a 24% deep target share in that time. So Van Jefferson competes from diverse and deep balls. Cooper Cup gets his share, fair share as well. So the yardage outside of the Kansas City game, or sorry, outside of the, uh, the San Francisco game hasn't really been there as much. I know he went over this number during the divisional round too, but for the most part, the yardage hasn't quite been there. So I think to me, when it was a 64 and a half, I wanted the under 63 and a half. I, I think it's just mental block knowing that I could have gotten a, wor- a better number earlier where I'm, might, I'm not going to go there. Uh, but at 64 and a half, I did take the under just because the raw yardage hasn't been as good. Mm-hmm. I do think that I'm staying away from the reception prop though, because I could see him getting a lot of receptions, but not a ton of, of yardage just because of the way they've used him. Okay. Jim, when it comes to defensive props in this game, and there's, like we mentioned at the start, there's, there's so many. And, and one I was looking at here is the team to record the most interceptions. Both these quarterbacks threw double-digit interceptions this year. I think we think of them right now as playing really well because they are. But Matthew Stafford led the league, retired for the league lead, league lead interceptions. Burrow threw his fair share of interceptions. Where would you lean on that? It's Bengals minus 145, Rams plus 115 as the defense to record the most interceptions. 
I think it depends on the way you see the game playing out. Like, if you agree that the spread is correct, then you're going to lean towards the Bengals there because negative game script leads to more pass attempts, leads to more aggressive passes, the defense knows you're passing, et cetera, et cetera. So if you agree that the Rams are four-point favorites here, maybe even more, you bet the Rams' side, then I think you're leaning towards the Bengals there. If you think this game is competitive or the Bengals win, then I do think you should be looking at the Rams here. So I think it just kind of depends on the way you feel the game is going to play out. For me personally, I think that the the spread being where it is is very efficient, which means this market is which is correlated to that market is also going to be pretty efficient. But like, let's say you bet the Bengals plus four. I think then it is very advantageous to take the Rams. Uh, I take the the Rams to have more inter- or to throw more interceptions in this game because of the way you are seeing the game play out. And just in general, I think that thinking about the way bets relate to each other is important here. You're thinking about the mix and touchdown prop, that may lead you to looking at their their team total as well, maybe lead you to Mixon's, uh, he has a, he's plus 600 to have two touchdowns. Thinking about the way your bets tie together doesn't make sense. Obviously, they don't all have to. You don't want to, you know, make the wrong assumption and get all your bets wrong uh, as a result of that. Uh, but, like, thinking about the way they relate to each other. So if you've already bet the Bengals plus four, I would check out that bet and bet the Rams throw more picks as a result of the way you see the game playing out being different than what the bookmakers are viewing in terms of when they set that market. Well, you lead me right to my next question. So your numbers say Rams by four. When looking at the MVP market, I'd assume – you, for the most part, you were looking at Rams players, correct? Uh, actually, based on the numbers, I was actually kind of into Joe Burrow, um, which is weird okay. uh, because I think that I think he's undervalued in that specific market because it's always going to be like a narrative-driven. I know it's not as narrative-driven given the way the voting works as it would be for a full-season award, but all the talk this week, the past two weeks, has been about Joe Burrow. So if the Bengals yeah. win – Joe Burrow's MVP odds are very high. There are not really defensive players on the Bengals side who are stars, a la Eric Donald. There's no, not as much of a Cooper Cup. I mean, Jamar Chase is kind of there. But I think there are fewer risks to the Bengals winning and Joe Burrow not getting it than there are with Matthew Stafford. So I look at Joe Burrow plus 225, and you compare that to the money line, and you kind of say, oh, it's kind of long compared to where it is. So talking about how bets relate to each other and saying, hey, I think the Rams will win by four, but also Joe Burrow's undervalued for MVP. That may be counter uh, counterthetical to what I just said. No, but I do think it that, makes like, sense. Looking, yeah, yeah, I think that just thinking about the way the narrative is set up, I think that Burrow actually is a bit undervalued there. Jim, we always appreciate hopping on. Jim Sanas on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home, go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. Always appreciate Jim hopping on there. And I, I think what he's saying there, I mean, we, we talk about this most weeks, but it's even more now. Yeah. Like, if you've got – people out there might have, like, 10 or 15 balls in the air in this, right? Like, prop here, prop there. But if you think the game's going to go a certain way, you do want to correlate them, right? You don't want to be on opposite sides of your own <laughs> bets. That, that feels a little silly We you really think about it. Yes, and even though his numbers say Rams probably win, Rams could win, but I could name a few guys that could also be the MVP of the game. Sure. You can't, I mean, you can't really say that about the Bengals side, even though numbers wise, Hendrickson, he's up there with Donald. Yeah, it's interesting. That, that's the one guy on the other side that could disrupt the game to the level. It's like maybe, maybe he gets it. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth, Becky Daily presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Off the board next. 
We'll find out if we can make it on Jake's farm right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.